Have you ever dreamed of becoming an interior designer? You don't want to go back to university, you don't want to work for a large firm, but you just don't know how to get started. You want flexibility, you want to pursue your passion, and you want to make income. Well, you should definitely check out the Uploft Interior Design Academy. It's my proprietary program that I've used internally for years and have made available to the public. Not only do you get video modules that you can take at your own pace, but you also get one-on-one coaching sessions with me, group coaching sessions with our Facebook group of Academy students, and so much more. If you're interested, Get more information and sign up for an exploratory call with me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. It's time to start living the life of your dreams. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman those of you who listened to last week's episode are thinking to yourselves betsy what are you doing here didn't you tell us you were going to be away in france for eight days Yes, I did say that, but I am pre-recording this for you so that you don't miss a minute of content because you know what drives me crazy, especially during these spring, summer months, is a lot of my favorite shows take off. They take off for a month. They take off for the whole summer. They get lackadaisical and take off for a couple weeks here and a couple weeks there. And who could blame them, right? Everybody deserves a vacation. Everybody deserves a break. But I need content. I devour content like one of those little Pac-Man people, right? Like I just eat up those little dots. I listen to, I don't know, between two and five podcasts every day. And I miss my content when it's not there. I don't want you feeling like that, people. I want you to constantly have the content you crave. And so that's why I am cranking out yet another episode and um, giving you more answers to more questions. Before I launch in, let me tell you about something that I did this week. So I moved to this new town in Connecticut about, I don't know, is it eight months ago now? Something like that. Last end of August. And when we moved in, we live on a rural, well, I mean, it's not rural, but it feels rural because I'm on 15 acres and I can't see any neighbors and we don't have a neighborhood. There's nowhere my kids can bike to. Uh, There's just, it's kind of isolating, right? And our last place, everybody was super close together. I lived on 0.13 acres. We had kids all over the block and, you know, our kids could walk to somebody else's house and have a play date or we could grab a cup of sugar and we knew our neighbors. Heck, you know, I watched their TV shows through their window and they watched me make dinner in my onesie. So we had that kind of relationship, even if we weren't all close. Some of us were, some of us weren't, but you know, it was a good dynamic. It definitely felt like a neighborhood. And now we watch turkeys and foxes and hawks, and that's about it. 
Well, the first week we were here, I think it was like the second or third day, somebody comes up our driveway and he introduces himself as our next door neighbor, two houses down. Well, that's pretty far actually, but he lives two houses down and he has three kids with his wife and they're so nice. And his wife is like the toast of the town. She is like what you think of when you think of the quintessential Connecticut wife. She belongs to the writing club. She volunteers at all these amazing organizations. She's the chair of this committee and the head of this committee. And she manages to always have a perfectly clean house with a spotless kitchen and a manicured yard. And she always looks fabulous. And she's just so aspirational. And she's super friendly. Like we'll go on walks on the nature trail together. And she's always saying hi. She's just... um very, very connected and very involved. And she's such a good friend to have because I'm not connected and I'm trying to get involved with some things, but I'm also super busy. And it's nice to just be invited to special things by proxy, right? And so she kind of tags me along sometimes as her plus one. Well, she invited me to go to this house tour thing. It was for charity. And basically you, you guys probably know about this, right? I've heard about this before too. I don't think I've ever been on one, but I've heard about many of them where they have these show houses and it's kind of a parade of homes and people style their homes and then allow the community into their homes for charity. You pay one ticket and you get to go to like these seven homes and experience sort of their palatial estates. And I thought it would be so fun. And I also thought it'd be a write-off because, hey, this is what I do for a living. So to look at other people's homes, to see how they're currently decorating and accessorizing would be a great idea, right? Perfect. So I snapped at the chance. Yes, I would love to get to know my community better. And I would love to gawk at some of these stunning places. So I say yes. We carpool together. And when we go in each house, everybody's always like, hello, it's you to my friend. And then they're like, oh, and who are you, old pregnant lady? <laughs> anyway, I don't let it get me down in my old Navy while they're in their seersucker. I just keep it plugging right along. But I thought that this would be a really fun adventure. And instead, I wound up having lots of strange feelings because exactly a year ago, right now, I was looking at houses, scouring this area for houses, going to so many open houses every weekend that my head was spinning, ditching work early to come out here 45 to an hour um, away from my home every weekend and sometimes many weekdays to be the first at these open houses to check out every nook and cranny. And this felt because we had to hurry through these houses super fast. She had a deadline. She had to go pick up her kids from school. We had to hurry through these houses super fast. And they're all like within a 15 minute drive of my house. It just completely felt like I was back looking at real estate and I had a little PTSD because as some of you know from listening to past episodes, I looked for a year and a half before we found our home. And when we finally found our home, I was like, turn off Zillow, turn off Truly a Betsy because I kept getting some alerts and had some FOMO. Like, oh my God, look at that house. Is that better than our house? But I was already pot committed. I mean, we've spent the money, we're in the place. So going to these 
houses that really were on a spectrum. They weren't all completely fancy, but they were all very interesting. Now, some of them were over the top, 8,000 square foot mansion with a pool house, with manicured gardens and lawns, with ponds and pools and fountains. And I mean, there were two or three of those. Then there was this one really basic mid-century modern that felt almost like a prison. It did have beautiful grounds, but between the concrete floors and the white walls, there was really an austerity to it that was quite unappealing. And then they didn't put any art on the walls. They had all neutral bedding. They were obviously very minimal, but minimal to a point, especially with mid-century modern architecture that can be pretty minimal just on its own, where it felt unapproachable, cold, like, get me out of here. I wouldn't even rent it as an Airbnb. Like, I just felt chilly and it was a hot spring day. It was over 80 degrees and there was a chill in the air in that house. Um, And then we went to like this really historic home from 1736, but all the ceilings were so low. And I remember because I only wanted a historic home when we were house hunting, I would take my laser measure and measure these doorways because my husband is six foot. My son is already taller than me and he's only 12. So he's five eight now. And he's probably going to be something like six, four. So I just remember bringing my laser measure because so many of these door frames were like less than six feet high in these historic homes. And so many of the ceilings were less than seven feet high that they just wouldn't be able to accommodate my family in time or even right now with my poor husband. Um, So that was the case with a couple of the homes, and it just instantly turned me off, even though they were really cool. And I almost couldn't get into the historical nature. I almost couldn't just like enjoy the way they had styled these places because it brought me right back to house hunting. And I was like, get me out of here (laughs) because the ones I liked Again, that FOMO, we're not that and we're not going to be that. But luckily, they were so over the top that you know, I would not want 8,000 square feet. But anyway, it was just too soon, too soon. So maybe I'll skip the Newport Mansion tours this summer. I don't know if I'm ready. I think I'm still in recovery. All right. That's my little bit of news for this week. Let's dig into the mailbag because I have lots of delicious questions that have come in. And do you have a question? Now that you know that I'm recording all summer long, that you'll not miss any content, make sure you send it to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. When you go there, you'll see a little form just click here to submit your question to the podcast and you'll do that and you'll submit that and then I'll answer that. And if you're a premium member, it's very exciting because as you know, I release a premium podcast that's exclusive only to my premium members. I think there's like a database of nearly a hundred at this point. And they get their questions answered soonest because um, I'm able to usually get to that entire mailbag every cycle. So that's pretty exciting. So if you're a premium member, make sure to put your question in there rather than in the central mailbag because I'll get to it sooner and you'll get your answer. And sometimes I have more time to spend and make it more thorough, even though these feel thorough, but I just, I get into it over there. 
All right. If you're not a premium member, check that out. It's a great value and a great way to support the show. Here we go. First question of the week comes from Louisiana. Stacy's writing and she says, could you please give me some ideas to upgrade my office at work? I'd like it to be more feminine, but still look like a professional office. I work at a nursing home. I'm not able to replace the desk, so I have to work with the Cherrywood desk. I also have a coworker that works in the same office as me. She sits at the rolling table behind my desk. The filing cabinets have to stay as well as the copy machine. I need something to hide all the clutter on the cabinets in the back, which is mainly office supplies. My style is minimal, so this office is driving me crazy. Oh my gosh, Stacy, this office would drive me crazy too. Boy, do I feel your pain because it's pretty cluttered. Now, I have solutions, don't you worry. But the first thing I want to address is this poor lady working with you. There is like, it looks like a TV tray that she's working on, a TV tray from like World War II. It's this gray, banged up metal. It's small. She's got this sad little notepad and water bottle. She really needs a more sufficient work surface. And it looks like she's working adjacent to this built-in. So, you know, you've got your main office, which looks to be pretty limited in space. So I don't think she could fit in that area with you based on what I'm seeing from these pictures. But then it opens up into this little storage space in the back that's separated by this kind of opening. And inside the opening is where you have the file cabinets, the copier, a lot of the supplies, most of the clutter, right? But then you do have this one section opposite the file cabinets that looks like it's a built-in desk that's just covered in clutter. But if you could kind of organize this a bit, um, could she work there instead to eliminate this super sad metal TV tray? And then the other thing I'd recommend is getting her a desk chair that can fully tuck under the desk because the armchairs that you're using now, these kind of red leather mahogany armchairs are so bulky and really would protrude if you tried to tuck it in under the desk. It even protrudes under this metal monstrosity. Then one thing I would recommend is you have things on the wall, things like organizers, mail organizers, key holders, uh, calendars, cubbies, and they're just kind of slapped up there with seemingly no rhyme and reason and it adds to the visual clutter. And I find that those things don't really hold much anyway. Those little catch-alls that hang on the wall that are meant for mail or a file folder. I find that people don't use them efficiently. If you can, I would eliminate that because that's just visual clutter. Speaking of visual clutter, in that file cabinet area, you do have some shelving. And on the shelving, you have loose paper, you have looks like envelopes, binder clips. I would go to Home Goods or, you know, whatever, uh, TJ Maxx, and I would buy some nice baskets. Uh, forego the clear Tupperware. I don't want to see this stuff. I would get a series of nice baskets that are woven, ideally maybe with a little label, um, cause a lot of them have like the little chalkboard labels, or you can even buy those separately on Amazon and put some of this stuff in there because, you know, I understand when you're working at a place 
that you can't always change out the furniture, which would be my hope, right? Because these are banged up, again, looking like World War II file cabinets. Uh, some of them are brown. One of them is off-white. And it's not a great look, but I would imagine you can't eliminate those or make them more cohesive. So I think baskets will certainly help. The other thing you got to do is just reduce some of this clutter. I mean, I'm seeing some seasonal decor that could perhaps go or be stored in a different way. So I think organizing this before you think about adding anything else would be key. Now, the other thing I would do, because back there in that little cubby, it is such an eyesore, let's be clear. And there's things that we can do in terms of baskets and decluttering that can help, but it's never gonna make that copier and those file cabinets look good. So I would put some drapes. I would hang a rod on the outside of this opening and I would have two tie backs with some double wide drapes that are a beautiful pattern, a playful color, anything to enliven this very drab windowless room. And I would have the drapes so that they can close when your colleague is not there or when say she wants privacy, but then you can swag them back when you want to access that copier with ease or when you want to talk to your colleague. So that way you can choose how much of it you want to see. And I do think the color pattern texture from those double wide drapes will really help the space. Now, you're going to have a very limited selection when you go and search double wide drapes. I'm looking at my crystal ball and I can tell you that right now. So what you'll want to do is probably get single wide drapes and have them stitched together at your local dry cleaner. It's very affordable, quick and easy. And then you can pick from any number of patterns. You'll get two sets of two, have each set of two stitched together so it makes two double wide panels, hang a rod outside again with that tie back and you're good to go. Just make sure it's a grommet ring on the panel because I want you to be able to slide these back and forth with ease. Okay. So there we go. I think I've solved most of your problems. And really your main problem is decluttering, decluttering, getting rid of what you can, taking stuff off the wall and the drapes are going to hide a multitude of sins. All right, Stacey, let us know how it goes. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today.
My next question for today comes all the way from Glasgow, Scotland. Jessica's writing me and she says, Hi, Betsy. Thanks for such an educational and fantastic podcast. I have learned so much from listening to you and have already made several changes to my house. My question is how to create a kid zone in our living room. We live in Scotland. Houses here are much smaller. Our house is a 1980s house seriously lacking character. The ceilings are not high. We don't love it, but we plan to stay here for a few more months as it's close to good schools and it's in a nice area. Our children are only two and three years old. Life has been a bit busy, as you can imagine. We've been living here for two and a half years, but we've only recently had a bit of headspace to think about designing our house. The living room is a work in progress. It opens up to the kitchen dining room. It's at the back of the house and looks out to the garden. Well, if you can't see the garden, that's it with the wood burner in the middle and the wall partially blocking the view. The garden is also at a lower level than the house, so you can only really see trees when you're sitting on the couch. We have started working on our living room and we hope to achieve a relaxing Scandi style. We will eventually be buying a sectional to go where the two couches are now, and we plan to incorporate lots of plants and textures by using pillows and throws. The carpet is staying. Carpets are very common here. I'm also on the lookout for some art. This is the only living room in our house and it's shared by both kids and adults. I want to celebrate that and I want the kids to feel like it's their space as much as it is ours. We're thinking of creating a children's zone on the right side of the wood burner. So my question is, how do I break up that long white wall and create a kid zone? Shall I paint that section of the wall? It's about 80 inches wide. I love that you used inches. Thank you, Jessica. Or should I make it a different color, use wallpaper? Would it look weird if only part of the wall is painted? My other thought is to use wooden slats on the wall. So that would be the children's zone. See pictures of what I had in mind attached. But I'm not sure if that would look nice. We don't need extra storage, so I'm just looking for ideas as to how we can create that zone for them without extra furniture. Advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks again for the amazing podcast. Well, thanks for writing in, Jessica. It's my pleasure. Okay, so you've sent some pictures here. And I'm trying to get a sense of the room, which I can, but not getting a ton of clarity. Okay, so the room doesn't appear to be all that big. And I see that you've tried to separate this room, which is probably, I don't know, I'm going to eyeball this. Hold on. 12 feet wide by 16 feet long. I'm just going to say, hold on, let me go back. Yeah. Um, Just to give people at home an idea of what we're working with. It appears to have that wood-burning fireplace on the far side of the room with a circular mirror over top and a thin mantle. Um, The windows are quite square, probably four feet by four feet, maybe five feet by five feet, flanking the wood-burning stove. And then you have carved out this sort of little corner for the kids, but it's quite small with these two kind of Ikea kids chairs, as well as a play table. Now, my situation here is that this room is not quite, not large. It's not large. And the idea that you would create a separate kid zone when the couch itself takes up so much room in this space, as well as the TV, for me, just feels like you're trying to break up something that's small into already smaller parts, which I think is going to look cramped, cluttered, and disjointed. 
Now, I do agree that that big wall behind the sofa that's opposite the TV does look blank, but trying to create a visual separation with something like wood slats or even three feet of a different painted color or something like that is just going to look horrible. Now, because the carpeting is very low pile, you could always layer another rug under the kid zone. But the problem for me is this kid zone is very small. You've basically got it wedged in the corner. I would not try and make the space have a separate zone. I would try and incorporate the kid zone more with the adult zone. Um, I like the idea of the kids' chairs being tucked away. I wonder if you could get like a coffee table that could double as the kids' play table so that they could play on the coffee table, color on the coffee table, and then you could have a coffee table in this small room without needing the play table. I'm wondering if there's a way if you really did want to have a kid's corner, you've got these French doors opposite the couch wall. Oh, I have an idea. Okay, I have an idea. Now, I've only got like one vantage point of this room. Typically, when you're sending me pictures, guys, I would love it if you would send me a picture from each corner of the room. So I have sort of this full 360. In this case, have you ever considered moving the couch to the wall where the TV is now that shares the wall with the French doors? So that way the smaller wall, not the long white wall, but the smaller wall has the couch. I don't know if this would work because I can't see the other vantage points. But then moving the TV on the opposite wall because then you'd have room for a separate kid's zone. I'm just worried that you're trying to carve out multiple zones in a room that's potentially too small for that, or that you may not have the right layout at all if you do want to achieve those two zones. Bottom line, Jessica, I may not have enough pictures to answer your question, but what I can tell you is what not to do. Do not architecturally break up that wall with shiplap or any other wood treatment so that it feels like a different part of the space because it's never going to feel like a different part of the space. It's all one room and it's not a big room. And you may want to visually separate the spaces by layering a rug on top of the carpeting because it's low pile. And that would help you to define the living zone. And then the kid's zone could kind of be its own thing. Mm. I need more pictures to really get into it. And I hate saying that because I want to give you lots of good advice. But here, my only advice is maybe this isn't the room for a kid's zone. I got to keep it real, guys. I got to tell it like it is. And I love talking to you each and every week. So keep those questions rolling in. Jessica, send me some more pictures and I'll get into it. Until next time, everybody. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. 
You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out. Follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.